When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, James Rogers, and this is the History Hit Warfare podcast. If it's your first time here, well, each week, twice a week, I bring you brand new cutting-edge military histories. We like to say we're on the front line of military history here on this podcast, and I can back that claim up. Head back through our 200-plus episodes now, our back catalogue, and you will find some amazing episodes there for you. Every period of modern history, from the Napoleonic battles through to the War on Terror. And if you want to hear an episode, then just drop us an email. Get in touch directly on warfare at historyhit.com. We want to hear the histories that you want to hear, and we want to hear your family histories as well. And you can follow us online on Twitter at historyhitww2 and on Instagram at James Rogers History. Now, this episode is one of those once a week where I like to delve deep into the History Hit archive to pull out a show that I think deserves a little more attention. This one I find truly fascinating and somewhat shocking. I mean, it's on seducing and killing Nazis. During the Second World War, when the Netherlands fell so quickly to the Germans, the Dutch found themselves under Nazi occupation and many men and women resisted. But that resistance took many forms. Recently, the story emerged of three young women who chose a particularly dangerous way in which to strike back against the German occupiers. In this episode, we are joined by Sophie Polderman, and she speaks to Dan about the history of Hanny Shaft and the two sisters, Truss and Freddie Overstegen. Now, with astonishing bravery, these three young women seduced high-ranking Nazi officers, lured them into the woods, and then killed them. They also provided Jewish children with safe houses and gathered vital intelligence for the resistance. So to tell us more, here is Sophie Polderman on seducing and killing Nazis. Sophie, thank you so much for going on the podcast. It's very nice to be here. Thank you. You have written a truly remarkable story. Uh, so tell me about the subjects of this book. It's about three teenage Dutch girls, Hanni Schaft and the sisters, Drus and Freddy Overstegen. Um, and they were very young teenagers. They were only 19, 16 and 14 at the beginning of World War II. Um, and then when uh, Nazi Germany occupied the Netherlands in May 1940, uh, they were faced with the question what to do to adapt or uh, to resist. Um, and it's very remarkable that these three girls uh, literally took up arms uh, in order to, um, to combat the enemy. So they joined the armed resistance and that's what 
makes this story so unique. How how do you join the resistance, or rather, how did they join the resistance? What was the process? Well, of course, it started very gradually, um, and uh, the three girls didn't know each other at the time yet. Um, they met in 1943. Um, so Hanni um she was actually a very shy girl growing up in the city of Haarlem, um, and Haarlem is about 12 miles west of Amsterdam. Um, and then she uh, studied uh, law in, uh, in Amsterdam, uh, because ideals like justice and peace were instilled in her. Um, and then, um, well, already in 1939, so uh, when Holland was not even part of, of the war yet, but when uh, Nazi Germany occupied Poland, Hani decided to send parcels to Polish officers through the International Red Cross. So she started very early. And actually, the, the Overstegen sisters, they grew up in the same city of, of Haarlem. And they lived with their, uh, their mother, who was divorced at the time, which was uh, unique for that time frame. Uh, and their little stepbrother, um, they grew up in a, in a tiny worker's house. And they already offered shelter to German Jewish refugees in 1934. So that is actually six years before the beginning of the war. So that's how it started with these girls. <laughs> and then gradually from smaller things, they joined the, the armed resistance in, in 1943. What did they do in the resistance? Well, they, they, they started out small, like Honey uh, started in Amsterdam when she was studying. So she would um, go to, uh, also in, in Harlem, uh, when she was still living with her parents, um, she would go into all kinds of public places, like theaters and swimming pools, and she would steal identification papers for Jewish people in hiding. So she would give, give these identification papers uh, to the resistance, and they would... Uh, forge them uh, and make sure that her Jewish friends uh, would would get those papers. And yeah, it, it, it really started with small acts um, also when uh, Jews were not allowed to in, in parks anymore. Hani was very fierce about that and she said, well, if they are not allowed to go through the park anymore, I won't either. Um, and then in... Um, she, she still uh, was studying law, but then in uh, February 1943, all students at the uh, Dutch universities had to sign a declaration of loyalty. Um, and that meant that they had to be loyal to the German regime. And that was way too far for Hani, so she did not sign. And, uh, well, that meant that she could not study anymore, so she moved back to Harlem with her parents then she really wanted to do more than just the identification uh, papers. Uh, she really wanted to offer armed resistance. Um, so she told people around her, okay, I want to do more. I want to resist more, if necessary, with weapons. That was uh, the summer of 1943. And then she registered with the Council of Resistance. And that is the, uh, the Dutch group or the, the, the resistance group in Haarlem where uh, Truus and Freddy were already members. And that's where they all met? That's where they all met, yes. So, but what did, they, what did they do to resist? Well, they uh, would provide Jewish children, for example, with um, safe houses, so they would really bring them from one safe house to another. 
And because they were women, they were not very suspicious at all. <laughs> so they could easily ride around um, town on their bicycles with Jewish children um, on the back and bring them to safe places, for example. But other things, they would blow up um, railway tracks with dynamite. Um, and then later on, it was the, the really heavier stuff is that uh, they would actually dress up nicely. Uh, they would wear makeup, very heavy makeup, uh, and they would pretend to be so-called muffin girls is what we would call them in, in Dutch. Um, in English, you would say kraut girls, kraut from the German sauerkraut. And those were uh, girls who had relationships with German uh, officers, for example. So they would just pretend to be these girls, uh, dress up <laughs> with lots of makeup, and then go into bars, pick up these uh, high-ranking Nazi officers, lure them into the woods here in the city forest of uh, Harlem in order for them to get killed by the commander of their resistance group, the Council of Resistance. And later on, they themselves would shoot Nazi targets on several occasions, often riding their bicycles and liquidating or killing them. That is, that's extraordinary. Uh, it, it sounds it, it sounds extremely dangerous as well. Did, did they come up with that? Or, or was, it a, was it a common practice at the time? Was it a, a tactic employed by the Dutch resistance? Uh, well, it was, uh, they didn't themselves come up with it. I mean, it was part of their resistant, uh, resistance group and the, the strategy. Uh, the Council of Resistance, so the, the resistance group that they belonged to, consisted of um, approximately seven main members, and sometimes they would, they would cooperate with other regional groups. Um, and these three girls were the only women in the group. The commander of the group was called Frans van der Wiel. And he deliberately put these three girls on, on this task of the, the seducing part and then the, the killing part. Because, well, they could really use their, their youth and their femininity and their sexuality um, uh, in their advantage and, and really in order to, to get these Nazi targets. How many, how many times did they kill German officers? How many, how many people did they kill? Uh, um, well, we don't know the exact number. Um, uh, they, they never revealed the exact, exact number. Um, and well, Trus, for example, uh, Trus and Freddy both survived the war and I personally knew them for 20 years. So I, I talked, uh, quite a bit with them, but they, they described the missions, but they never revealed the number. Trus always said, well, it was already bad enough that we had to do it in the, in the first place. So it's not important, uh, what the number is. And Freddie was always very fierce and she said, well, we were soldiers and you cannot ask a soldier that question. And we were soldiers, little ones, but they were. Um, so we don't know the exact numbers, but of course, I mean, uh, they were terrified at the beginning and extremely nervous. And yeah, they, they really had to shoot someone. I mean, nobody is, is born to kill. You said you knew them. Uh, were they proud of what they did? Um, yes, obviously they were proud, but they were extremely down to earth um, in the sense that they didn't see themselves as heroines at all. They really uh, saw this as the only way of achieving justice. So in, in really in order to, to live up to their ideal of a livable world, um, 
yeah, they, they really had to shoot to, to take out these Nazi targets in, in traders. Um, and yeah, because it had to be done. That's what, that's why they did it. Um, and they never, that's really the admirable part that they never saw themselves as heroines. So that's really, really something. Did they ever, did they get away with it? Did they, did they come under suspicion? Um, yes, um, because, well, of course they were women and they were not that, uh, suspicious, but nevertheless, um, uh, in, in the beginning, actually, Truus, when, when, when the three girls met, Truus and, uh, Freddy actually had fled to the eastern part of the country of the, in the Netherlands, uh, to Enschede, uh, because they were wanted in the area of Haarlem, because their profile was known. I mean, of course, it wasn't the days with internet or anything, but they <laughs> had been seen, so they had to flee. And they were working as, as nurses in a, in a hospital in, in Enschede at the time. And then when Honey joined um, the Council of Resistance, her assignment um, was to actually go meet these girls um, because Franz von der Riel, the commander, thought, okay, these three girls will make a great team. Because it was it's really interesting. They were uh, three girls from completely different backgrounds um and uh completely different characters uh honey was the intellectual and uh, a bit chaotic and uh Therese was was very down to earth and a, a, a kind of a tomboy um and a natural leader and well freddie she was still so young uh but and very feminine and really fierce as well so it's really three they're completely different girls, but they, yeah, they, they made a, a, a great team. Um, Hanni Schaft had beautiful red hair. She was really known as the girl with the red hair, also uh, to the Germans. And then, so at one point, she dyed her hair black and she would wear um, glasses made out of uh, window glass. Um, so they would really have to disguise themselves um, because it was extreme, extremely dangerous. They, they carried out quite, quite a, a few missions and uh, before they would shoot uh, their targets, they would really try to get as much information from them as possible and pass that on to the resistance, of course, uh, in order to save lives. What caused the anarchy? How did medieval migrants shape the language I'm speaking right now? Who won the Hundred Years' War? Could England's lost patron saint be buried under a tennis court in Suffolk? How did England's last medieval king end up under a car park? And were the Dark Ages really all that dark? I'm Dr Kat Jarman. And I'm Matt Lewis. On Gone Medieval, we'll uncover the most exciting and unexpected stories about the Middle Ages, hearing from the best and brightest minds. We will disentangle fact from fiction, bring you the latest discoveries and reveal how the so-called Dark Ages laid the foundations for much of the world we're living in today. Subscribe to Gone Medieval from History Hit wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Was it known that, that women were shooting German officers? Well, yes. At, at, at one point, gradually, it, it was known. And um, Hannes Haft, I mean, uh, the, the Germans also called her really the, the girl with the red hair. They, they thought that she was really a terrorist. Um, and they knew that she was working together with uh, these two other girls. So, yes, they were really wanted in the, in the area, yes. Did all three of them survive the war? Um, no. Uh, Truss and Freddy did. Um, but unfortunately, Hannishaft uh, was um, arrested and she was executed by the Nazis not even three weeks before the end of the war. So that is a, a very horrible story. Uh, she was arrested at the regular checkpoint and then she was riding her bicycle and she had to open um, uh, the the bag on uh, on the back of her bicycle and then uh, the German soldiers discovered illegal newspapers. So that's actually the reason why she was arrested. At the time, the Germans had no idea who she was. And then she was brought in for questioning and she had to open up her purse. And then uh, the Germans discovered that she had a gun <laughs> in her purse. Um, and then they were st starting to think and then they discovered her red roots uh, coming out of her, her black, her dyed black hair. So they thought, oh, this is the girl with the red hair, the girl that we've been looking for for so long. And um, yeah, that's why she was executed. 
Wow, so she was that notorious. Yes, yes, she was very notorious. And um, actually, well, it was only three weeks before the end of the war and both allies and, and the Germans had agreed uh, on not shooting anyone anymore, in particular women. But n yeah, unfortunately, none of the, the parties uh, would stick to that agreement. And yeah, sadly enough, Honey was executed. What about the other two? What were their, what were their experiences like after the war? Were they, were they traumatized by what they'd been through, what they'd done? And uh, how, also, how were they, how, how were they treated? Um, yeah, well, um, Honnishoft, um, well, when she was executed after that, she became the icon of, of female resistance. Uh, so she became really famous. Everybody in, in the Netherlands knows who she is. Um, uh, really an icon like Anne Frank. Uh, Trus and Freddy survived the war, um, but they really had to fight for recognition. And that was uh, partially because they were women and the role of women was uh, underestimated and really thought that you know, women are not capable of killing, let alone uh, in, in, in an organized uh, resistance group. Um, so, yeah, they were a little bit bitter about that, especially Freddie could be really fierce about that. Um, and then uh, there was also another part that the Council of Resistance, their resistance group, uh, consisted of several um, communist members. So especially in the, the Cold War, that uh, was politically very sensitive. Um, and both, both uh, sisters have actually been shot at in 1951. They were unharmed, luckily. But so years after the war, <laughs> they were actually being shot at because of their um, communist or their ties to this resistance group that had had uh, communist members. So they had to really fight for recognition. And um, well, they received finally in 2014, so decades later, uh, they received um, uh, a war distinction cross by our prime minister, Mark Rutte. But yeah, really extremely late. And uh, Truus was always, well, like I said, very down to earth. And she would really t tell our prime minister, well, Mark, you were really kind of late with this. Um, she, she could really get away with that. But they did get the recognition in the end. And Freddie was always, um, well, she lived a more secluded life, really focusing on her family. That was her way of dealing with the war. Um, and, uh, yeah, she was bitter about not getting the recognition. And then, uh, when Freddie died last year in, uh, September, uh, 2018, yeah, the, the, uh, especially the American media really picked up on that and she became really famous then. Uh, but yeah, during her life, uh, she really lacked the recognition that she was looking for. Well, like you said, um, they, they were bitter. But they were, of course, extremely traumatized um, because they did shoot people after all. And it's a huge dilemma. I mean, uh, even though these were major <laughs> war criminals, uh, they were extremely young and they, they shot people. They took people's lives, um, fathers of children and um, mothers of children, because they also shot some, some women. And um, they had nightmares and depression. And uh, every year around uh, our Liberation Day, May 5th, uh, they would always have extremely uh, bad nightmares. Uh, Truus actually 
uh, went to an institution for a while, and uh, Freddie never or hardly ever spoke about the war. She was only opening up, um, yeah, the, the, the last years of her life. So nightmares, depression, and what we would nowadays call PTSD is really part of their lives. But they never, they never expressed any regret to you? No, no, never, no. They never regretted what they did. They were always very fierce about, yeah, that they really believed that this was the only way. There was no f functioning judicial system. For them, this was the only way to achieve justice. Well, Sophie, thank you very much. That was a truly remarkable story. Uh, what is the book called? The book is called Seducing and Killing Nazis, uh, Honey, Truss and Freddy, Dutch Resistance Heroines of World War Two. So you can't miss the title, Seducing and Killing Nazis, and that's because of their particular strategy. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. If you're enjoying this podcast and you're looking for more fascinating warfare content, then go and subscribe to our Warfare Wednesdays newsletter. Just follow the link in the show notes to find out more. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And before you go, remember, as a Warfare listener, you get a special discount at History Hit. Subscribers get access to blissfully, uninterrupted, ad-free podcasts and thousands of hours of history documentaries. You've got everything from the American Revolution to my own documentaries like Traces of War, Weapons of War and 24 Hours in Normandy, where I follow in the footsteps of the Green Howards on D-Day from their beach landings to being awarded the Victoria Cross and all the way through their first day where they made it seven miles inland further than any other British or American unit. So head over to historyhit.com forward slash subscribe or follow the link in the show notes and use the code WARFARE to get 50% off your next three months. That's the code WARFARE to get 50% off. And if you're an Apple listener, you can subscribe for new ad-free episodes within the app. So give it a go. I know you're gonna love it.